Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it is time for more strange news, 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 news. We're doing our own... Uh, SFX right now. And yeah. this adventure is going to take us to space. It's going to take us to Salt Lake City. And it's going to take us quite possibly to your face in a in a, <laughs> in a, a very serious <laughs> literal way. That sounds like a threat, man. <laughs> it is, but it, but it's not a threat we're making. Fair, 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 fair. Yes, and in the end, it won't be as dire as it sounds. Most few things are, you know, very few things. Is that a Lincoln Park reference, Matt? Uh, Sure. Okay, cool. R.I.P. Chester Bennington. And uh, write in and let us know your favorite Lincoln Park reference. That's (laughs) 1-833-STD-WYTK, or you can email us directly, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. There's one person, of course, we'd love to hear from in particular today. Uh, that will be our pal from Guadalcanal Diary, Murray Attaway, who wrote oh. into us. <laughs> Can we say that? 
I guess so, yeah. I thought he would like a shout out. <laughs> I hope he's he's listening to this episode. Well, Murray, uh, we'd, we'd rather hear from you than from uh, Jeff Bezos. But Jeff, <laughs> if you're listening and you'd like to write to us before you go on your trip, we'd love to hear from you too, man. I have become so numb from all the listener mail from Jeff Bezos. Is that a Lincoln Parker? <laughs> <laughs> and so, Jeff, uh, as you may know, in addition to probably being a huge Lincoln Park fan, is planning to take his own rocket ship to space. Uh, we'll get into the details in a moment, but just for the headline here, this may not sound like strange news at first, right? Everybody's heard of Jeff Bezos. Everybody has heard of Amazon, and most people have heard that post-divorce, he is planning to ride his own rocket ship technically into space. Not to the moon, but just enough out of the atmosphere to be considered space. You may have also heard that once this news broke, a change.org petition hit the internet. And I am looking at it now. <laughs> As of now, 56,260 people have signed a petition that uh, is pushing to not allow Jeff to return to Earth once he makes it to space. You guys have heard about this, right? I have. It's, it's kind of one of those, like, you know, um, jokey, symbolic petitions, though, right? I mean, it's not like it's a change.org petition. I don't see this going anywhere. But it's, it's, a, it's a nice little middle finger to Jeff. Let's him know that, you know, most people don't care for him. Yeah, this, this is the thing. So uh, this happened during previous presidential administrations, uh, perhaps most notably, uh, during the Barack Obama administration, there was this statement from the White House that said, hey, make these petitions, participate in your, you know, be a good citizen and participate in matters that concern you. And if a petition hits above a certain threshold of signatures, then the White House will address they didn't say they would definitely do whatever people wanted them to do, but they said they would address whatever the petition was about. And that backfired beautifully because, as another president would say, they misunderestimated uh, the Internet and the way that the collective consciousness of an online community works. What I mean is that a bunch of people signed a petition for the U.S. to build a Death Star. And then somewhere somewhere in the Oval Office... Somebody went, okay, all right, we got to walk this back. So, yeah, these change.org petitions, they run the gamut from serious to satirical. Right now, no fooling, it is safe to say that this is probably a satirical petition. Uh, first things first, let's talk a little bit about Jeff's trip to space. We call him Jeff here on Stuff They Don't Want You Know. His trip to space, it's not like landing on the moon, which is a much more complicated and much more expensive endeavor. Instead, he is taking an 11-minute flight, that's the total runtime, to the edge of space in something called New Shepard. He's going to be riding with his brother and one unnamed auction winner who paid $28 million for the third seat. Uh, be I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You, there wasn't a misspeak. That was... The actual amount that person paid. Yes, yes. $28 million, 11 minutes. You can get a ticket to space for cheaper than that, though, right? Like, is this just for the privilege of riding with Bezos? Uh, it's mainly the auction 
aspect of it. I see. I think. I see. Okay. Because okay. people, you know, the price probably escalated as people were, you know, I, I think you're right. I think part of it is the cachet of riding with the world's richest man. Uh, in case you're curious, there is going to be a little bit of math in this section that does work out to a little more than 2.5 million per minute. If you're just like, you know, if you're, if, if you're thinking what you would do with $28 million, that's, that's 11 minutes. I'm just imagining the largest shredder in the world and then someone just funneling the money into the shredder as the rocket is reaching space. Super shredder from TMNT2, Secret of the Use? <laughs> yes, just like that. Okay. I have a question. Isn't there sure. a little bit of controversy where like Bezos isn't even going to proper space? Like he's right. just going into like low earth orbit or something like that. Like it's sort of like a bit of a, you know, kind of like, okay, come on guy. This isn't really mm -hmm. what you're saying it is. Yeah. It's called the Carmen line. K-A-R-M-A-N. And the Carmen line is a, it's an imaginary, not a physical boundary that's about 62 miles or 100 kilometers above Earth's surface. When they get to that line, the booster, the rocket booster they're on, is going to separate from their, you know, their little dome-shaped capsule, and then that's going to float around for a little bit, re-enter the atmosphere, and then, you know, poof, parachutes, it'll float back down to Earth. And Bezos said, you know, this is a big deal to him. It's an adventure. He wants to go on this flight because it's, quote, a thing I wanted to do all my life. For the record, Jeff, I fully agree. Space is cool. Getting up there is amazing. Um, staying up there, I would argue, is even more impressive. So we're not talking about that news itself. We just need to set the stage here. The question is, when I read this, I can't be the only person who was thinking, well, okay, hypothetically, could he stay in space if he wanted to? And it turns out there is a way to answer this question. And first, of course, you know, obviously, again, we have to emphasize that petition is satirical. I don't think anybody is really expecting this guy to stay in space. But if he did, how would this work? I was thinking about this. And the best place to live for a long period of time in space, in a, um, in, in a place that's still like Earth orbit, would be, of course, to go to the one main space station the species has, which is the ISS. And you guys know about the ISS, right? It's the dream destination. And I saw, like, I saw a graph. I think it was being memed or whatever. People kind of poking fun of how Jeff isn't really, you know, truly going into proper space. But it's not. It is. It is space. But like the ISS is not that far off from where he's heading, right? The ISS is. It's much further away from the Carmen line. It's about two hundred and fifty-four miles away from the surface of the planet. And so I was thinking, okay. Jeff can't live with his two roommates in this capsule forever. It's not designed to support somebody for that amount of time, right? For an indefinite amount of time. It's an 11-minute ride. But what if he bought the ISS? The thing is, he's one of the few people who can. Yeah. 
AISS cost $150 billion USD. His net worth right now is $200.5 billion. So he'd still have $80 billion, $80.5 billion to play with. Not too bad if he buys it outright. But wait, it cost NASA $3 to $4 billion a year to operate ISS. So if we, if we do the math, he can live up there, and this if it's $4 billion, not $3 billion. He can live up there for 20 years. Wow. It's sort of like the hidden costs of buying a Bugatti or something like that, you know, or like, like a McLaren. Like this, the ticket price is like, you know, $200,000 or whatever, but mm-hmm. it costs literally thousands of dollars um, a year just to maintain it, to do the proper approved, uh, you know, maintenance for those types of vehicles. Exactly. And... Uh, Yeah, it's the maintenance that gets you. Uh, It's also not just the maintenance on the hardware, or should I say spaceware, it's also the maintenance on the human wear. Because one of the reasons that astronauts have not spent more time in space uh, is it's not just the tremendous preposterous cost. It's also the exposure to space radiation, the long-term effects of living in an environment that humans were not evolved to live within. We talked about this a little bit in the past, But Jeff would also, uh, you know, he would have an increased risk of cancer, heart disease, cataracts. There were some experiments uh, with sex in space by a couple space agencies. Well, by some astronauts acting on their own accord. Okay, so NASA didn't like officially know. uh, But sex in space is complicated because of your circulation. It's uh, not a ton of fun. You need equipment, Velcro, straps and stuff. So his well, you need that, that for his that, regular. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. Just putting equipment, that out there. Okay. straps and Continue. stuff. I love it. Is it was a missionary the most popular position because it was like just logistically speaking because it like gave you like purchase more so than like say other ones that maybe are uh, not appropriate because, for a family show. I think it's because astronauts were kind of vanilla, also honestly. True. But they they probably walked through the, they probably walked through a couple different case tests because that is how science works. So Jeff. Jeff's love life would take a hit. Uh, his He would have increased health risk. His bone density would suffer. And that means that eventually it would be physically very difficult for him to return to Earth. Therefore, as we're doing this thought experiment, therefore, all you would need to do is convince him to stay up there in space you know, 250 plus miles from the surface of the earth, longer than anyone else. And his body would ultimately make it impossible for him to safely return. For the record, the longest time spent in space is 437 days. That is a record that goes to Valery Polyakov. He spent that time continuously in space. So just the whole time he's in space, it's not counting flying back down, flying back up. If if, wow. if I could if I could make a, a way too late in the game joke, uh, it's definitely clear that Bezos would need the whole ISS to himself because he'd like suck all the air out of the, the place. You know, no, there would be wow. no, there'd be none left for anyone else. Guys, okay. he, he probably would Sorry. need a, a support staff unless he's going to learn a ton of stuff about maintaining a space station. But you know, I imagine there's one other intervening variable, which is that he could pour his tremendous fortune into uh, researching ways to improve the station, which, sure. which might, might change things. Uh, but, but with that in mind, because I, I didn't really see anybody doing, doing the math there, 
Uh, with that in mind, I have to ask you all, would you, if you could, would you stay in space for 20 years? No. Mm-mm. Nope. No. Nope. But if I were a billionaire, I would convince a lot of people who weren't billionaires that they need to go to Mars because it's really <laughs> important to be on Mars and or yes. in space. Uh, and I would recommission the Mir space station mm-hmm. and I would build seven more of them. Mm-hmm. And I would say, hey, you guys really got to get up there. It's great. And we need your help. And humanity needs you because Earth is dying. So get out of here and go save us. And then I would drink a Mai Tai. I was I was also thinking of our conversation <laughs> with Langston, you know, Langston yes, Kerman exactly. about that. I and that, that was fully good, convinced. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we have to watch out for? I don't think I said this in our conversation on air, but what, what you have to watch out for, folks, when it comes to space travel is when going to Mars becomes a punishment for something, right? Like sure. when the UK was shipping people off to Australia. If Mars ever becomes a punishment, then watch out. Right. Uh, It won't matter then whether or not you are a billionaire, whether or not you are Jeff Bezos. I am with you guys. I agree. I I don't I don't think at this point it's uh, it's a good idea for a human being to spend that much time in space unless you're planning on a one way trip. And if that's what you're planning, go further, go full Voyager. You know what I mean? Uh, See things no one else has seen. Otherwise, it'd just be a really weird flex. You're not, you're mm. not even at the moon. You're just kind of outside the window of right. humanity. Didn't China just launch? China just launched yes. a space station, Chiangong. I don't know how to say it correctly, but they like very recently, I think within a month or two, mm-hmm. previously to this episode, they sent up, uh, I know they just sent up crew. For the space station. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And that's actually, um, that's a, uh, its orbit is between 210, 280 miles. But I'm thinking, you know, if you're a shrewd businessman like Jeff Bezos, you know, go for the gently used version because it's also the one that's been proven to be sustainable, right? Got so, it. So we'll pause for a second for a word from our sponsor. We'll return with more strange news before we go. Uh, let us know what you think, what you think the future of space travel is or what you think it should be. Satirical as well as serious answers, please, whatever the spirit moves you to do, uh, as that creepy guy in Poltergeist says, all are welcome. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. 
Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. All right, and we're back. And I hope, just as planned, you heard a Maybelline commercial just before this segment. Maybe uh, you're born with it. Maybe yeah. it's Maybelline. That one? Or, Maybe it's cancer. I mean, well... Maybe. Uh, yeah, let, let's begin here with a CNN article from almost exactly one week ago. Makeup may contain potentially toxic chemicals called PFAS or PFAS study finds. Uh, okay, yeah, what is that? Toxic? I don't like that. Toxic chemicals um, in my makeup? I don't like the sound of that. Well... You shouldn't like the sound of that. It's not good. Uh, there has been a lot of reporting on this since this this initial article, at least that I saw in CNN Health. Um, and you may have read some, you may have seen some on your phone. I just want to break this down a little bit because we have discussed these chemicals before many times in many different scenarios. And this is just the latest one. So this won't be too long, I promise. I'm not going to put you all through uh, oh man, there's more dangerous chemicals in my body now. <laughs> like, you know, this that should just... be a segment. Is that the name of the segment? Oh yeah. man, there's more oh. dangerous chemicals in my body now. <laughs> yeah, that's really the sound effects. But this is important, Matt. This is important stuff, is. and people need to know. It is. So, there is a new study. You can find it right now if you wish. You can look up fluorinated compounds in North American cosmetics. It is available online. Uh, most, uh, I think, actually, the entire paper is online, or at least much of it is. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You can search for that and find it. Uh, and that is very, that is an unlikely scenario. Usually if you are looking for a study like this, you have to pay for an article or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, real quick, there is one workaround and it's very important that people know this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I've been thinking about this. We need to do an episode on the grift of academic publications. In the meantime, while we're researching that, and there very much is a conspiracy and a grift, let me give you a little life pro tip here. All you need is the name of the author, the name of the scholar who created that. They will have, they will typically, if they're alive, they will have some sort of email or contact. And if you contact them directly and you ask them yourself, the paper and just say, you know, I want to read it because I'm interested or I want to read it because I'm doing research for something, then nine times out of 10, they will happily send you a copy. So you can get around the system that way if you wish. But you're right, Matt. A lot of those papers uh, are, and some of them are even taxpayer funded and you're not allowed mm-hmm. to read them without paying oh, yeah. a, a fine or a fee. That is excellent advice, Ben. It's true. I, I, I am interested in your thoughts on the uh, the grift aspect of it, because I imagine, you know, uh, who, I, I wonder who's getting that money. But um, that's, it's, all, it's, all, it's sort of like, uh, you know, newspaper sites where if you go into private browsing mode, you don't have to pay, which you think they would have found a way around by now. Yeah, that's right. And Ben, I love that. Your, your workaround will be highly effective until a lot of us start doing it. And then all of these researchers are, are just getting emails. Hey, uh, Ben told me I could just email you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell them, you know, and if they have a problem with it, please send them to our complaint department, which is Jonathan Strickland. Uh, <laughs> his email is available. Uh, yes. uh, I so, wonder if anyone's so, ever written to him. Anyway, yes, you're right. Sorry, not Jonathan's, to derail us. Jonathan says he receives very little in from the complaint department. Oh, well, I guess uh, that means so, we're doing well. No complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually our, our complaints end up as iTunes reviews, though, but that's its own thing. Oof. That's right. So let's let's jump into this study. It examined 231 cosmetic products that are sold either in Canada or in the United States or both. Uh, and here's the big takeaway. 52% of those products that they tested contained some amount of these PFAS. I'm going to call them that because that's what a ton of the news outlets are calling this. Uh, but PFAS, uh, it stands for something. It's pre or polyfluoroalkyl substances. Okay. These are, we've talked about this before. These are carbon or fluorine based chemicals. They're man-made. They're highly resistant to breaking down in any way. So heat doesn't really break them down. If you apply oils to them or water to them, these compounds just kind of stick around. That's why they call them forever chemicals. Um, The thing you should know is that they're super useful in all kinds of applications for products across the human spectrum. And they've been in use for a long time and they continue to be used for a ton of applications right now. I'm just trying to remember, guys, I know we talked about them with regards to Teflon and nonstick surface applications. We talked about them in firefighting foam and I believe pesticides, but I wasn't sure I know there's other big things that these things are in uh, paints, uh, waterproof fabrics, which is a weird one. That I never thought about mm-hmm. and fast food packaging. I had no idea that the special part of your fast food packaging that prevents the oils and other things from getting 
you know, attached or the cheese from attaching or whatever it is. Pizza boxes. Actually, yep. Yeah. It's actually these things. Oh, it's just wow. coating them. And yeah, you're probably ingesting it every time you get takeout. Is anyway, it same, is it the same kind of stuff that makes things like moisture repellent when you see like the water droplets kind of beat up? Like I believe 3M makes a chemical like that that you can spray on things that'll cause them to be like literally cause moisture to not soak in, but like turn into a bead and just roll right off. Often water resistance is one of the big selling factors mm. for these chemicals, which brings us to cosmetics. Why would it be in cosmetics? Well, one of the problems with lots of different kinds of makeup, and before you think, oh, Matt, what do you know about makeup? Well, hey, oh, hey, Matt, hey, what hey. are you? Hey, hey, hey. I was in theater. I was in theater. Okay. I used, to, I used to do all my own makeup. Okay. I know the bases. <laughs> I, know all, I know all the yeah. things. I know how to apply. Can you contour? Oh, I can contour, baby. I can <laughs> do it all. Can you do a smoky eye? And are you or are you not married to... A woman. I am married to an incredible artist when it comes to uh, makeup. Mm. Yes. So I know more about it than you may think. But the point of this is to say one of the primary issues with makeup is that that's not a primary issue. It's one of the big, I don't know what you would call annoyances with makeup is the need to constantly touch up or reapply or like. Just keep putting stuff on your face to make mm-hmm. sure it looks the way you wanted it to when you got up and you did your makeup in the morning. Well, companies responded and they said, well, we'll make products for you that are going to stay exactly where they are. If you sweat, it's not going to be a problem. If you get some water on your face, you know, if you're washing your hands or something, whatever is occurring, it's not going to come off. It's going to look good. Well, the way they fixed it, the way they got to that point was by adding these chemicals. And, you know, that's not to say every makeup company is doing this. That's not to say that every brand has these things in them. Sure. But it's a trend. It's a big trend. And there's some screwy stuff going on in here because a lot of these companies aren't adding these things, these chemicals into their ingredients lists. Uh, Right. So let's, let's talk about what this study found. We said 52% of the products that were tested of those 231 products had these PFASs, PFOS in them. Let's look at the actual percentages. 36% of the concealers they tested had these things. 40% of face products, general face products like brush, powders, bronzers, highlighters, primer, all that kind of stuff. 47% of mascaras. That was the one that I thought would have the most, to be honest, you guys. Right, because you're supposed to, it's supposed to have uh, stain power, right? You want waterproof mascara. Yeah, well, the, the old joke is that, like, you know, somebody crying and their mascara running, for example. This tech theoretically prevents that. Same with the, like, kissable lipstick, right, that doesn't come off or smear when you give somebody a smooch. That's the next one. 55% of lip products, lipsticks, glosses, Ooh. shadows, liners, all that kind of stuff. Even lip balm uh, has this stuff in them. Why lip balm? Well, there's another thing that, at least according to the the National Law Ooh, Review, uh, one of the other big things, and from the study, one of the other big things that these substances can do, these chemicals, is give you that glossy kind of wet look. And that is very popular right now. Like the shiny, glossy, wet look. These things can help out with that too. And that is very common with lipsticks and lip products. 
And for my money, that's the most dangerous product in here because it's on your lips, which are already, you know, you absorb more things through your lips than you would on any other part of your skin or your eyes in this area. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, if it's on your lips, you're probably, you are for sure licking your lips at some point, getting a little bit of that substance directly into your body by ingesting it. And if they've got forever chemicals, every time you do that, Mm -hmm. getting a tiny dose. Not to mention passing it on to a partner or a child, potentially, like with, you know, kisses on the cheek or the lips. Mm -hmm. As a fellow uh, theater person, I'm still actually in a sketch comedy group. I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, the troubling thing about this is that the it doesn't seem to matter uh, what kind of price point you're buying at, right? Even if you're getting the discount Halloween dollar store makeup or if you're going to uh, Sephora, that's the one, that's it'll, the one. Sti- it'll still contain, wait for it, because I know how to pronounce this, polytetrafluoroethylene. Yes. <laughs> yes. You nailed 100%. It. <laughs> um, all, the, all the polyfluoroalkyls. Mm-hmm. are in there uh again it doesn't matter you're right the price point doesn't matter if it's mac if it's neutrogena whatever you're getting it maybe because and i haven't even finished the list yet but the reason why we don't know right now is because this study does not name specific brands right at least it does not say whether specific brands have have these substances in them it's it's almost like uh an initial it is really an initial study in a lot of ways to identify if it was a problem. Now, uh, from this point forward, there's going to be a lot more testing of a lot more products to see which ones exactly have it in them. And as we're going to talk about in a moment here, there's going to be legislation, hopefully moving forward that in the United States, at least is going to ban these substances in these, uh, these chemicals in, in these products. We'll see. Right. Uh, Let me just finish this out really quickly. 62% 62% of all liquid lipsticks that were tested had these chemicals and 63% of all foundation. Foundation is one of those things that many, 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 many people use, even if you don't wear a lot of makeup. And knowing that 63% of it had these, these PFOS in it is just really troubling. Really, really troubling. All right, I'm, I'm going to move on here. <laughs> oh, the, here's the last thing. of the products they tested did not disclose on their labels that the products contained any type of these chemicals. So that you're talking about of all the chemical of all the products that had the chemicals, 88% of them didn't say a word about it. And they're required to, by the way, regardless of the the new legislation that's under discussion, they were already required to disclose this and they just didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is a this is a real problem. Thankfully, there is legislation that has already been put forward. As we said, you can look at the the best place I found this was in a friggin' press release from Susan Collins' website. She's a senator from Maine, but it has it has a lot of information about the new bill that was put forward. You can go to her website. It is Collins.Senate.gov. And you can find the actual bill if you want to. There are other places you can find it, too. That's just an easy, free way to find it. There's no paywalls or anything. It's very, very simple. I'm going to read some of it. You ready? Or yes. actually, do you guys have it up? Do you, does somebody else want to read it? I've been talking a lot. Yes. Let's do an official voice. A bill 
to ban the use of intentionally added perofluoroalkyl or polyfluoroalkyl substances in cosmetics, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress Assembled, Section 1, short title. <laughs> <laughs> this act may be cited as the No PFAS in Cosmetics Act. Section 2. Ban on perfluor alkyl or polyfluor alkyl substances. Take it home, Matt. Oh, Take here it home. Goes. Okay, okay. Here goes. <laughs> <laughs> Directed rulemaking. It's all caps right there. Ooh, this guy's pissed. Not later than 270 days after the date of enactment of this act, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, referred to in this section as the Secretary, shall issue a proposed rule to ban the use of intentionally added perfluoral alkyl or polyfluoral alkyl substances in cosmetics. Not later than 90 days after issuing the proposed rule, the Secretary shall finalize such rule. Uh, and then uh, we've got some fine print here. B, definition. In this section, the term perofluoroalkyl and polyfluoroalkyl substance means a perfluoroalkyl or polyfluoroalkyl substance that is man-made and has at least one fully fluorinated carbon atom. Got it. Wow. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. It's tiny. It's just like, hey, uh, they, they read this news. They, they saw the study and they're like, you know what? Let's put this in it. Here it goes. Da, da, da. None of these. Okay. And here's, you get 270 days and then, uh, oh, and then an extra 90 days. Cool. So something will happen sometime <laughs> if it gets passed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is so weird the way, the way lawmaking like this functions, right? I mean, it's good that there's a long time for research to happen, for discussions to occur, but at the same time, it feels like <laughs> if it's an imminent threat, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's did not think I would find myself in this position today. But in defense, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in defense of this kind of legis of government legislation, the way the system works, they can't really just turn off the switch. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're crooked. It just means that they're dealing with these supply chains of a vast magnitude. And actually, there are a lot of people who would argue various stakeholders would say that's not enough time. As a matter of fact, no, yeah. a certain lobbyists will say like, hey, we need, you know, 10, 15 years. I, I completely agree. And and I totally see I totally see that stance. And I agree with you. It's just uh, unfortunate, I guess, when something really does pose a threat. You know, there's no way to turn on a dime. My question, though, is, is the is the brevity of this bill proposal indicative of like them not taking it that seriously? Oh, no, quite the opposite. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, because I'm just so you, I guess that's okay. I see what you're saying, because I'm just so used to seeing so such convoluted, you know, uh, writing and legalese. And this just seems very straightforward and to the point. But I guess that's maybe okay, you answered my question. And I, I totally see what you're saying that it does make sense because it's very clear. It spells out in very understandable terms uh, what the thing is. It defines it in pretty hard to, you know, um, dance around kind of terms. Like it, it tells you exactly what we're talking about. Uh, it means a plurofluoral alkyl or polyfluoral alkyl substance that is man-made and has at least one fully fluorinated carbon atom. And, and Matt, based on your research, that is that, that's a good definition, right? Yeah, man. If it's fully fluorinated, yeah. you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, but yes, it, it is. It is. It checks out. And uh, I want to run really quickly through just 
reiterating the threat that these things pose to us as humans, as carbon-based organic material uh, that are organized in a really cool way. But uh, these things are dangerous to us. So we talked about it before. These things are not naturally occurring. These chemicals, they take a long time to break down. They've been shown to cause a bunch of terrible stuff to occur in any human and animal that they get into, especially when you ingest them. Things like infertility can be caused, um, learning issues, um, cancers mainly. But infertility and cancer, two major things here, right? Especially for the human race. Uh, They have a tendency to remain in humans and animals while they wreak havoc on the systems. And we've been putting them in all this stuff for a long time. According to the Centers for Disease Control's Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, these things have the potential to affect growth, learning, and behavior in infants and older children. They can lower a woman's chance of ever getting pregnant and, and again, increase cancer rates. So these chemicals are really bad. We don't want more of them in us or applied to our faces. So what can you do knowing that a lot of makeups have these things in them? Are you going to wait that 300 and something days to have any kind of action uh, via law? Or maybe you can take some action on your own. Um, You can go to the Environmental Working Group or EWG. They're a consumer organization that maintains this database on all kinds of different personal care products. Uh, We don't know, I don't know much about the organization beyond what it states on their website, but it's at least a good place to start to inform yourself about any given product because it's probably not going to be on the label, right? Do check out the labels, though, on any makeup products you use just to see if there's anything there. Uh, Maybe the company does list it, but if they don't list it, look for things like water resistant. That's a good keyword. Uh, You want to stay away from those or long lasting Pretty much consider those suspects and don't use them until you know that they don't have them in there. But the one huge takeaway for today is you can rest easy about your makeup because no matter what's in it and how much of it you're putting onto your face, uh, you're already getting a pretty much lethal dose of these things, at least an eventually lethal dose of these things (laughs) through all the other uses (laughs) that they've had historically through pesticides And the Teflon that was, you know, on the pans that you ate eggs off of when you were a kid. So you'll be all right with the makeup. (laughs) We've all got cancer anyway. Wow. (laughs) There it is. There it is. That's the kind of sunshine. That's the kind of sunshine you've come to expect from us fellow conspiracy realists. Well, it's an ugly truth, but I think most most folks, most of our fellow listeners are tuning in because we uh, we believe that an ugly truth is more important than a pretty lie. Yeah. I feel like there's a good makeup joke here. We'll fix it in post. It makes every moment that much more important and special, right? Knowing knowing that there are terrible things going on and there's not much we can do to stop it and even protect ourselves. Yikes. Okay, I don't want to get even scarier here. I didn't mean to do that. I don't mean to be such a downer. It's just these PFOS mm-hmm. are a thing that very well, and I'm going to just say it here, very well may lead to a sharp decline in humanity's numbers and ability to continue as the, the force that we are. I th- I really think so. I, I think there's the environmental issues, like more and more we're finding these things in the environment. Right. And, and it may not just be humanity that gets taken out through these things. It may be 
a lot of ecosystems and biospheres. Sure. Yeah. Amphibians are on the front line. Absolutely. And, and it's the kind of thing that we learned from the way things like microplastics proliferate. And, you know, it's like they have a base level of research that goes into it to make it acceptable to put it out as a product. But we don't have the ability to test the long term effects on the environment or the long term effects on human health. They can maybe model it, I guess. But, you know, we we for good reason, don't do human experimentation. Um, but it it is kind of a roll of the dice a lot of the times with these technologies and these things that we don't even have the context to fully test properly, right? Long term. Yeah, that's I, I would I would agree with that. There's not a, a, a long term test that's been conducted with these specific constraints that we would need. Uh, I would also say more importantly, to build on your point, Matt, there is an aggregate effect. The The real danger to humanity is not, the danger to humanity and, and organisms in general is not the existence of PFAs or the existence of, you know, some sketchy stuff in your sunscreen or even just the existence of microplastics. These team up. They're a like a like for any Marvel comics folks. They're a league of evil mutants, but they're a league of uh, they're a league of evil chemicals. And when they snowball together, when they have this cumulative effect, uh, you know, yes, we don't have the long term studies we need for a lot of these things as individual cases, and we have nothing like a long term study of what happens when all of this stuff converges. And that I imagine is a danger that future historians are going to think about pretty often. Yep. So uh, enjoy this commercial for a product that does not contain PFOS. It is just a commercial for PFAs. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Okay, and we're back with one more uh, uh, strange news, piece of strange news, um, article, episode. I don't know what I'm doing today. Guys, I had a red-eye flight in this morning, and I haven't done that ever in my life. And uh, the plane landed at 5.30 a.m. Atlanta time, and then I came straight home and slept till about noon. Uh, I think I'm sort of normalized, like I'm on East Coast brain now, but I'm sorry if I'm a little... I seem like I'm in a fugue state or something, but um, I, I wasn't so foggy that I wasn't able to come up with a, a, a fun, strange news story. Uh, and this is one that I heard about on a YouTube channel that I, that I love called Internet Today. Um, and uh, they uh, found they dug up this story and it didn't seem like it made a whole lot of uh, headlines. It's a little bit niche. Um, it's sort of uh, it's, it's basically a story. Uh, involving the most extreme possible version of lying on your resume. Um, I, I by the way, to, yeah. by the way, Noel, we're well, just glad you're here. Oh, but, but continue. Thank you, thank you. I mean, that's not enough for me just to be here, guys. I have to, I have to bring my A game, and I think today I may be on my B plus game. But uh, have you, either of you ever uh, embellished on a resume? You don't have to. You don't have to say. I think we all have to some degree or another. Whether it's just emphasizing a skill or perhaps mm. uh, you know uh, shortening a gap in, in employment. But uh, wondering what, what, what you y'all's experience has been in that. I always love the uh, retail thing. I used to do this as a as a social hack for amusement. I think um, you may remember fellow conspiracy realists, uh, if you've ever filled out a resume for a retail position, uh, sometimes there'll be these ridiculous questions on there like, if hired for this job, would you steal? Or if you saw someone stealing, would you report them to a manager? And there were days where I would just go to places like that and just check yes on questions like, I just wanted to see what they would do. I'm going to tell you what, Three places did come back and wanted to hire me. Isn't that really? Weird? Yeah, that's the closest I ever got to lying on a resume. That's, I think that's a, what would be considered a socially acceptable uh, resume fib, perhaps. Not even. I mean, it's really just, you know, it's checking a box and it's a little bit um, uh, vague in the first place, right? Um, no, I you? told them I would straight up steal if they hired me. And three of them were like, I like the cut of your jib. 
So wow. they appreciated your candor. I guess so. I think they just needed warm bodies. But uh, but resume lying on a resume you know, is, is is way more common than people think, right? It's not only common. It's it, there's like there are shades of it, right? There's there's like what you did, which is kind of just like a ballsy uh, move that maybe you wouldn't have done if you <laughs> were were taking. It seems to me like maybe you weren't really taking that application particularly seriously. I don't know. Maybe you Absolutely thought that. It, okay, fair enough. Boom. Um, then you've got folks that, you know, maybe you've only ever looked at Excel a couple of times, or maybe you know how to read an Excel document, but you don't really know all the bells and whistles of like formulas and all the things, but yet you say you're proficient in Excel. Because you assume, like most often is the case, that you can kind of figure that stuff out on the job, which is always how it's kind of been for me. Um, I think the most I've ever done is maybe they ask you for specific dates on job applications a lot of times, and sometimes who knows those exact dates. So you kind of just flub them as best you can. Uh, you could consider that lying um, if you're not being exactly accurate, but you know, you're doing the best you can. Um, my story today uh, is about a dude who takes lying on your resume um, to the extreme, almost like elevates it to an art form. It's this guy named Christopher Mas, Mas, Masaminis is how I'm going to pronounce it. It's M-A-S-S-I-M-I-N-E. I think I think it sounds, sounds like maybe an Italian last name, Masaminis, but maybe it's Masamines. But I like Masamini's better. So that's what I'm going to say. I haven't heard it said uh, in a news report. I've just seen some some uh, reports about it in, in uh, the Salt Lake City Tribune, um, Fox 13 of uh, Salt Lake City, and a few other outlets that have reported on this guy from a little less than a week ago. Uh, he is, uh, there is currently, one would assume there hasn't been any news to otherwise, the head of a theater company that is part of of the University of Utah College of Fine Arts. It's a theater company called the Pioneer Theater. Um, and they stage plays for students to go to the drama program at the uh, University of Utah. And um, last year, they issued a uh, press release, or actually rather in, in late 2019, um, congratulating this guy, uh, Masamini, um, for achieving the uh, Humanitarian of the Year Award from a group called the National Performing Arts Association, or, or depending on which outlet you read, the National Performing Arts Action Association. Um, there were different versions of the release that left out the word action. Um, but it turns out that that organization doesn't actually exist. Uh, mm. And this kind of triggered a little bit of investigation later uh, into this guy's, you know, kind of bona fides. And it came up with some pretty fantastic stuff in his resume. Um, he apparently either fully fabricated or just like fudged to the nth degree almost everything in his resume, um, including like went so far again, the, the, the jury is still out. He hasn't had, had responded to this, but there are like internet movie database, um, entries for him saying that he was a producer on uh, video games. Like, um, I think one of them was resident evil village. And there were several others that he had a credit on, um, a documentary called free solo. He was credited on that was like about, uh, about free climbing, I believe, um, Spider-Man into the spider verse listed him as a script consultant. And then also, uh, suicide squad had him listed as a special. Thanks. Um, Fox 13, of Salt Lake City looked into all this stuff um, and followed up. And none of those films, 
knew anything about him. None of the production companies behind them knew anything about him. Um, nor did the creators, uh, Capcom of Resident Evil Village or Square Enix's Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, they told Fox 13 that they had never heard of him, that he had not been the producer on any of those games. So that part is interesting, A, because it goes to show how easily fabricated internet movie database can be and how it probably shouldn't be a primary source for folks that are cross-referencing credits and things like that. Alex Williams, uh, a buddy of ours um, who does the amazing podcast ephemeral said that very thing uh, to me recently that it's not the best source of research. And this kind of proves it to me. Um, He also uh, was listed as being the like executive producer or some high level producer for two Tony award-winning musicals, including the green day musical adaptation of American idiot. Um, and it turns out that at the very most, he was like a junior producer on those. Um, he even has credits listed in his resume, like, like, like total genre hopping. Like, it's like, okay, I'm also like the master of theater. Uh, I'm also a, like a Don Draper level ad executive and supposedly was involved in like old spice campaigns and like all of these different, you know, television ad campaigns. And, uh, it just kind of is this never ending rabbit hole of fabrication, And the thing is, the position that he has with the University of Salt Lake City, um, or the University of Utah, rather, in Salt Lake City, is a government-paid position. And it's publicly posted how much money he makes. And it's in the neighborhood of $137,000 a year uh, with an additional, like, $50,000 worth of benefits and and bonuses and, and things like that. So he is definitely considered an executive. He's only 35 years old. As well, so that's I mean that's a pretty serious salary, two hundred k living in Utah, um, you know, bill footed by taxpayers. So I don't know. I just I, I thought that this was an interesting story because so many people lie on their resume, and so many employers don't really vet uh, any of these bona fides. And if you see all of this stuff and you kind of just like are blown away by like, oh my god, this guy is like too good to be true probably is too good to be true. Um, but I don't know if you guys, if you guys ever heard of any uh, resume fudging to this degree, I, that's the only reason I brought it up because I thought it was just kind of like the most egregious version of this that I could possibly imagine. Oh, sure. Uh, Rachel Dolezal is a great example of being a fraud in the academic, uh, in the academic world. Right. And that, I think that's incredibly egregious because she literally lied about, her identity and who she was. Sure. You know, that's, I think that's like, maybe that's a little heavier than what we're looking for, but there is, yeah, it's astonishing uh, the kind of resume faking that can happen. Uh, There's one guy I read about, a guy named Michael Matthews, who's a founder of a firm called Moxie. And he thinks that at least uh, 20% of professional like recruiters are faking client resumes to make their own businesses look good. So I, 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 I believe this happens in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. And in the world of academia, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We know that we know that people have even published fraudulent papers in so-called peer-reviewed journals. Just this, like, make something up, see if they can get it through the pipeline. Um, and then maybe there's something aspirational about it. You know what I mean? Maybe when people are saying, like, I am fluent in, uh, 
insert language here, they're thinking to themselves, I will learn this language by the time it comes up at my job. You know what I mean? So I think there are levels to it, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to say I don't think any of us have really fudged resumes. Well, I, I don't know that I've ever gotten a, a job like specifically, you know, with a cold submission of a resume. It's always kind of been someone that I either had worked with in the past or, you know, been friends with or crossed paths with in some, uh, you know, other way socially, perhaps. And I think that's a, that kind of networking is really important. But I, I think this, so there's there's another detail about this, uh, this guy that I thought was interesting. He claims to have gotten both a bachelor's and a master's degree uh, from NYU in only three years. And Fox 13 was able to debunk this in about five minutes, um, that he uh, only has the bachelor's degree and did not, in fact, receive a master's degree at all, which is probably a prerequisite for the kind of position that we're talking here, um, you know, being an executive and the head of, like, an educational uh, institution. So, look, you guys, you know the great bard and the saying. Indeed. The entire world, you guys, that's the mm -hmm. stage. This mm -hmm. person is going to be a director of theater. Mm -hmm. You don't think that becoming a character before you oh, go, go on stage is uh -huh. going to be a part of him? Very <laughs> good point. It's regimen. Matt, I mean, <laughs> as a guy who pretends to be different people in different cities and at different airports, hang on, let me get my, I've been playing with my eye patch this whole time. <laughs> so, like, yeah, why not? Maybe he's just trying to spice things up. Maybe he's method. Yeah, there we go. All right. I mean, if you could, if you could perform a character that makes two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year, wouldn't mm -hmm. you do it? No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, this is this is egregious and, and terrible. Um, yeah. There are qualified people that could be in that position, you know, and uh, it stinks that this person got it just by being creatively deceptive. It's astonishing um, that they haven't been fired. I mean, that's another problem with nepotism over meritocracy. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, who am I speaking to? Who is this? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, Matt, see, it's me. Oh, God, it's by, you, uh, It was me the whole time. <laughs> okay. What's an old John Lovitz joke? Acting. But, but you're right. It's, uh, it is strange, Noel. The thing that stands out the most to me about this is that the guy appears to still have his job. Like, how, mm. how bizarre is that? Maybe there's like a firing process they have to go through that happens in some organizations. Yeah, I think um, it sounds like this is a real embarrassment um, for the organization, especially since so much of this stuff is like within their community and within their field. Like the idea that he was nominated for like Tony Awards, for example. Um, that's very much something that folks in the theater community would be able to kind of vet and check out. That he was associated in some way with those productions that I mentioned, but wasn't like the degree of producer that would cause him to be listed on the Tony nomination. Oh, like okay. he was some kind of lower level producer or assistant of some kind, but uh, definitely not, you know, what he claimed to be. Um, one thing he is, uh, and, and one of the things in his resume that did, oh, by the way, there, there, there were like over a hundred different employers listed in his resume. So all of this stuff from like over the court, again, he's 35. So I just don't know how they wouldn't see that and like maybe maybe it was just overload where they're like, well, God, look at all this stuff. Where how where where do you even start? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe start with the college degree that the the news uh, or organization was able to figure out that he didn't get. You know, in five minutes, that would probably be a 
be a good place to start. And if one thing turns up, you know, <laughs> fake, uh, chances are where there's smoke, there's fire. But he is, in fact, um, an expert in Yiddish culture uh, and the Yiddish language. He um, once held a position at the National Yiddish Theater uh, Folksbeine in New York City um, and was a, a big hand in producing an all Yiddish language version of Fiddler on the Roof that got some some uh, mild acclaim. And he also, you know, did write a musical that was produced off Broadway, but I'm interested to see where this goes because, you know, the, um, the news organizations that are reporting on this have reached out to him directly, have reached out to his department and and they've been kind of given the runaround. So Mm -hmm. I think it is a pretty embarrassing thing because it shows that somebody didn't do their homework. So I'm also wondering, you know, maybe he just embellished stuff that happens all the time in entertainment. You know, maybe he's a featured extra and he's like, hey, they did ask me about the lighting. That's a producer credit for me. Or maybe he knows a guy named Tony and he got his pal Tony to like print him a certificate of some sort, you know, like maybe it's not all bad. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there are a couple of things in it that definitely were true, um, and and he Im- certainly embellished some things in terms of the scale of his role, um, but he absolutely made some things up, uh, quite a few things up entirely, uh, and I, I think the reason the story is interesting is because of both sides of it. Like I said, I think how common it is for people to lie on their resume and how common it is for uh, employers to oftentimes not truly vet, uh, you know, the... Um, the applications they're receiving uh, and I actually found uh, there's, you know, what's the legal ramifications for this, for example. So if you lie on your resume and then are terminated for it, you have no claim. You know, you really, you really can't, you know, argue that you've been wrongfully terminated. You lose any legal claim in the event that you're terminated and you also lose any legal claim to unemployment um, benefits, mm. right? You can even, let's say you lied about something and then, you know, did something that was considered criminally negligent or, uh, something that you were not qualified to do. I think you'd think that would be on the employer, but let's see. Um, there are certain cases where you could be held liable for criminal responsibility. Like for example, if you lie about military service, um, to get a benefit, Right. Uh, then you can be prosecuted under something called the Stolen Valor Act, which is interesting. Mm. Um, or uh, if you are trying to get employment from a state or federal employer, uh, the crime of lying on the resume could be considered a crime of lying to a federal or state government agent, which would be the case in this uh, situation, I would think. Right. Yeah, that's an important distinction. I'm glad you made it. So technically, for a lot of resumes, because they are not legal documents, you'll have repercussions for lying about them. But depending on what you lie about, it's not technically a crime. However, if you are, let's say, going for the State Department or you're going into a federal level position where your resume is evaluated by a federal agent, then it counts as lying to a federal agent, which can it can hit you pretty hard. It's real kick in the pants. That's not just, that's not just the possibility of a fine. That's the possibility of hard time. That's why you always get a job as an intern when your qualifications don't matter at all. No, Matt, we're, we're, oh, we're old. We were back in the day. I, I know. Have I'm you just seen joking. job applications now? It's yes. like entry level. Please have yes. five years of experience. 
Yeah. Like, okay, sure. Well, just generate that. Ooh, with this resume. <laughs> this is an uh, unpaid <laughs> position. Must live in Manhattan. <laughs> it is insane. I mean, it really is insane. And and yeah, we cannot forget how lucky we are. And uh, yeah, in a place of privilege for, for having a job right now uh, that we got back then. But I just want to say, you guys, I just watched a horror movie with this as the premise that you can go out and watch right now. If you have a streaming service, I can't remember which one I watched it on, mm-hmm. but the movie, I think it's on Netflix, which could be good. Cause a lot of us have that it's called things heard and seen. That's what it's called. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but at the crux of what's happening here, there is a res, a fudged resume. You're going to really make me watch the whole film. You don't you don't need to watch the whole thing. Can you thing. just text me afterwards and tell me what happens? After no. Record? Uh. No. It's you can fast forward it's Netflix. You could just be like, "Oh, here's the end." And you spoil it for yourself. <laughs> but it's pretty good. I I like I like the cast a lot and it's got a pretty good team behind it. It's mm. it, it is not highly rated just mm. for everyone out there, but mm. I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the film. And it does have a fudged resume in it. 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, don't let critics tell you what to think. Check out a film, and if you enjoy it, then you enjoy it. I think her name's Amanda. I cannot remember her full name, but she, the lead in it is really, really good. And uh, the dude is great, too. Uh, James Norton is his name. And Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried? Yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, just really, really good performances when it comes to acting, you know, acting. Uh, <laughs> eye patch, eye patch. I got to get the eye patch. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I, I'm sorry, you guys. I know I didn't mean to what? Uh, take us off base anymore, but no, that's, that's exactly where we needed to go. Um, this is sort of a silly story, but also, I don't know, not really a conspiracy, but I guess deceiving people on a, uh, you know, um, large scale like this there is a go. form of conspiracy. It's a conspiracy of one. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens if the, uh, if the university kind of cops to it and says, okay, you got us. Uh, but I just can't imagine this is going to go very well for this gentleman in terms of future employment, but um, it, it is something to, to think about, you know, maybe be a little careful when you're, you know, fudging things on your resume um, because mm. there could come a time where you get called on it and put on blast on the internet. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he'll strongly consider breaking the habit of being dishonest. Yeah, I would hope so too, Doc. Well, I would hope so too. you never know with those types, you know. Nobody got the Linkin Park reference. <laughs> Nobody likes that song. Is that a Linkin Park reference? I was gonna let it, I was gonna let that one slide and just Dang. see if anybody noticed. And we've come full circle. <laughs> In the end, none of this really even matters. So. Also, go. this is this does become it only becomes a conspiracy when multiple people are working together on it. So it's quite possible, given this guy's story career, that someone knew and just didn't spill the beans. So yeah, I would I would say that this does feel like a conspiracy. Someone had to know at some point. It took Fox 5 minutes to make that call. You know what I mean? Hang on. Side patch is getting to me today. Just uh just keep that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain <laughs> something that I can't remember. And what better what better way to Is that end? a Lincoln Park reference? <laughs> Sorry. Everything is a Linkin Park <laughs> reference when you think about it. And what a better way to end strange news for today, folks. Uh, clearly, 
most important thing you can do now is uh, let us know your favorite, uh, your favorite Mike Shinoda verse. Uh, and let us know uh, your favorite deep cut Lincoln Park song. Let us know your stories about people lying on resumes. Uh, let us know your concerns about makeup and PFAs. And uh, let us know, let us know what you think about space exploration. <laughs> let us know if you think something's up with it. Uh, there are a lot of people who've written in in the past who've told us that maybe human beings should fix the planet they already have before darting off to a new one. We'd love to hear your takes. Uh, remember, when you write to us, you may end up on a listener mail segment. Uh, so we try to make it easy to find us online. That's right. You can find us on the usual internet locations of note. We've got the Facebook where we're conspiracy stuff. We're also conspiracy stuff on Twitter. We're conspiracy stuff show on Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, YouTube conspiracy stuff. You can find us there. It's tough to search for a lot of our videos. For some reason, they just don't show up. So the best way to find any content that we've ever made in video form is to go to youtube.com slash conspiracy stuff and then search within that uh, site and you'll be able to find stuff. If you don't want to do that, we do have a phone number. You can reach us at 1-833-STDWYTK. Three minutes. Those three minutes are yours. Give yourself a sick nickname. Uh, let us know what's on your mind. Most importantly, let us know whether we can use your voice and or name and message on air. Uh, if there is something at the very end that you would just like to share with uh, share with the team, uh, with Matt and, and Doc and Noel and, and Mission Control and myself, then that's fine. Just leave it at the very end of the message. Uh, and most importantly, if you have a story that needs more than three minutes. Don't feel like you have to censor yourself. That is antithetical to this show. Instead, write out the whole thing and send it to us. We read every single email we get. All you have to do, regardless of where you are and what time it is, is drop us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now.
Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.